Amen and amen. Hey, excuse me, guys. I really have something I'm fighting right now, and just I'm not. I'm believing that it's not going to affect this message whatsoever. But sometimes I'm snorting as I'm talking because I can't breathe out of my nose right now. So, but prayers are welcome. <laughs> well, thank you uh, for yeah showing up. But last week we talked about leadership. We talked about going forward. And this is actually a part two of this series. Originally, it was supposed to be a standalone, but as God was kind of giving me more, more stuff, I'm like, man, this is this really going to turn into a three, four-part series of going forward. And again, last week, we were talking about leadership and how leadership is not just management, but leadership is influence. You know, your, your leadership is influence. For, for many, uh, uh, actually a couple of years, I got to lead in Tulsa, Oklahoma, I got to lead a, 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 a 20 people. And we did this Christmas light display. We had over 2 million lights. We lit up every tree, every bush, every building, every squirrel that we could find. No, we didn't do that. But in my college campus, it was called Rama. They, they did this big Christmas light display. And I'm talking about 2 million lights, okay? We didn't just make it. We hit 2 million lights. And uh, the day before Thanksgiving, we called it Light Up. We would do this big ceremony. The pastor would pray, and he would hit this big light switch. We would be like, turn it on. It was never plugged in because I was in the back hitting a button, which it was really me, not him. I'm just like, not bitter, I promise. <laughs> no, but it was such a huge, huge event. You know, we, we made PBS. We were top five in the nation. And I got to lead these people, these 20 people, in the course of four months who were just students part-time working and to creating this big display. And during that process, I was learning that leadership was really not my management of me telling them what to do, but it was my influence and really wanting me to get involved with them. You know, at the end of the season, when it was all said and done and we had to take all the lights down, I think the number one thing I heard from every employee was thank you for working with us. Thank you for leading us, but also being there with us. Because they've had past experiences where they were just told what to do and then boss will go away. And I was learning that, man, leadership is really my influence. And my influence is going to spark something in these people to want to serve together as a unit. And so last week we talked about that. You know, when we came back to Holland, Michigan uh, in 2010, Marty and I really jumped into the youth ministry right away. And one of the big things we really implemented into our, our volunteers and our servers that were here helping in the youth department was they're just not serving, but they're leaders as well, too. You know, we would have these teachers made out, uh, you know, of a live youth. And typically you would think volunteer or servant, but we put leaders up front because we wanted them to understand they were a leader as well, too that they can lead people, they can influence people. And I also talked about how, how God called all of us to lead one way or another. You know, it's not necessarily have to be on paper. It doesn't have to have, you don't have to have a job title behind your name or before your name. All it requires is a willing heart to listen to Jesus and how he wants you to do it. And when you have that, you become an influence. Your attitude becomes influential. You're leading whoever's around you. You know, I shared my, my personal home you know, God called me as a husband, as a father, to lead my home. But that does not disqualify my wife to become a leader as well, too. She leads our home in so many different ways that she's more effective than what I can be in certain areas. And, and you guys as well, too, maybe, maybe you're a, a parent or maybe you're just a child or maybe you're, you're a teenager or maybe you're just single and living alone or have a roommate. You're called to be a leader as well, too. 
You can be influential whoever is around you. That's what God wanted us to do. That's how Jesus modeled it when he walked this earth. But we also talked about how attitudes of God really help us with our leadership, but there are things that can kill our leadership in us, attitudes that really kill that within us. God wants us to lead home, work, and church. He wants us to lead uh, spouses and children, but he wants us to do that with his fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, Peace. I'm testing you guys' patience. Oh, wait. Okay. Just making sure you guys are not cheating. (laughs) I can see it over here, but I can't see it over there. Okay. And self-gentleness and self-control. And faith. And faith. All right. We'll talk later. All right. So here's one of the things that, that we, you know, we have this opportunity to just continue to live for God and lead like God. And we, we, we looked, went to Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 1, and it says that as dead flies give perfume a bad smell, so a little folly outweighs wisdom and honor. And in other words, this scripture is saying is it doesn't take much to kill the leadership that God is putting in you. It does not take much. And we need to be very careful because some of the attitudes I gave last week that really kills leadership within us is our anger, it's it's pride, it's impatience, sometimes it's fear, and it's also acceptance. And when we looked at, at all these five attitudes and we start seeing, is it in my life or not? And when it's there, it really hinders our leadership. You know, the acceptance part, I want to explain a little bit more so we don't misunderstand what I'm saying, but sometimes we try to please people rather than please God. We need to look right before them because of what their opinions are, and we neglect what God is wanting us to say or do. And God's saying, no, you're not here to be accepted by them. You're here to please me and do what I'm calling you to do. And God's saying for you to go forward in life, to be a leader in this earthly life, requires you to not allow these attitudes to control you. Doesn't mean it doesn't creep up and it's not there. It means that when it creeps up, you understand I have authority in Christ. I can overcome this in Jesus' name and it will not hold me down. And to piggyback that a little bit and to to go forward or we're going forward also means to grow upward. And that's what I want to talk to you guys about. Going forward means growing upward. You know, when we look at how God enables us every day, it is literally through his spirit, his word, his son, that really helps us go forward. I know I had to grow up in him as well, too. Um, I have these moments with God almost an everyday basis. A lot of you guys know my personal testimony. I, will, I like to go like on hikes, on, in trails, or, or, or be before water, you know, because I hear God through nature is what I was saying. But I have a lot of these growing moments with him, especially when I'm by myself with him. When there is no cell phone and there is no conversations and there's really no one around, I have these one-on-one times with God that helps me grow. And you know why I grow in that? It's because I'm in God's presence. I'm learning to rest in him. Now, I'm going to say something, and I don't want your mind to contradict what the words are or try to say it from a natural point of view. I want you to hear the Holy Spirit right now, okay? But for you to go forward requires you to sit and rest. I'll say that again. For you to move and go forward in this earthly life and the way God wants you to live requires you to sit down and rest. A lot of times we fight that. How, how can I sit? How can I move forward? But yeah, I'm sitting and doing nothing. 
I never said doing nothing. You see, I, I use this illustration a lot, and I'll use it one more time. Martha and Mary, sisters, in the book of Luke, chapter 10, Jesus is in the house, okay? And Martha has a mentality of serving, 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 serving Jesus, rightfully so, but Mary has a mentality of, I'm going to sit at Jesus' feet, and I'm going to listen to everything he has. And obviously frustration happens with Martha to the point where she tells on Mary, she's told on her sister, to Jesus and says, oh, aren't you going to say something to her because she's not even helping? I'm trying to do everything, you know? I'm paraphrasing, and that's how I see it in my head. <laughs> but Jesus stops Martha and says to her, why are you so frustrated? Why are you worried about all this? Don't be worried about this. What Mary is doing, no one's going to take away from her. I love how Jesus explained it to Martha because here's the deal. He didn't rebuke her or reject her. <laughs> he gently helped her reprioritize. Martha wasn't doing anything bad. She's serving Jesus and those around her. But Martha got her priorities wrong. And she didn't spend time. She didn't make time for Jesus while he was there present. And Mary understood that. Mary sat down on Jesus' feet and created something. I mean, you continue on. Another story, you have the, the, the 12 disciples, okay? And these 12 disciples, uh, this is the part where, where they're going back and forth. They're doing so much. They're already going to feed 5,000 people. But the scripture tells us that, that the disciples, they're, they're needing rest. And Jesus does something. He demonstrates something with them. Let's read this. Mark chapter 6, starting in verse 30. It says, The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. Verse 31, then because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, this is Jesus now, come with me, okay, by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. You know, <laughs> this morning I woke up and I went through my notes. I love just kind of making sure I'm prepared and I asked God, okay, if it's not the notes, it's not the notes, but you just give me what I need to talk about. And as I reread that, I had to underline something quickly. Jesus said, come with me by yourselves to, uh, to a quiet place and get some rest. He didn't tell them, hey, go home and go get some rest. He didn't say, hey, hey, take the day off, go get some rest. He said, come with me because I'm going to give you some rest. Think about it for a second. When we don't apply Jesus in our rest. When we don't take Jesus with us to go rest, we're really not getting rest, not the rest he's designed for us, okay? That's kind of dangerous because I know I've been in that boat so many times where I'm just going to take the day off, God. I'm tired, you know, and I will lay down, and I got lazy for the day, <laughs> and it creates, and I'm not spending my time with God, but God said, hey, I want you to have rest, but come do it with me. Mary understood that, she got it. Jesus is here. I'm resting. I'm not doing it. I'm, I'm going I'm to sit on his feet, at his feet, and I'm just going to listen to what he has for me. And I just see a child in that just, ah, wow, what do you have for me, God? You know, and just, the re, the, just re, being recharged and rejuvenated by God. Jesus told his disciples, come with me and by yourselves and into a quiet place. See, he's creating this atmosphere, and, and, and let's get some rest. Jesus understood true rest. For us to find true rest requires Jesus to be involved. And understand that Jesus highlighted here, it is important that we get rest. Man, society today, it's so busy. 
It is so busy with so much. And I, you know, not to tattletale or anything, but I'm going to be kind of honest about this one. But I would, I would sit with people and have many conversations that are going through some struggles, and I would always locate, okay, why are they going through this struggle? Is it something we're just put, they're putting on themselves? And the number one reason why they go through an issue or don't know what to do is because they're not finding rest with God. They're not finding rest with God. And if they would take a moment with God and give it to God and not Facebook and give it to God and not these people and give it to God, they would find the rest that they need. And they will also find answers in that time. You know, like I was telling you earlier, I have these moments almost on a daily basis with God where I just sit down. If it's five minutes or if it's a whole hour, God doesn't time me. I just want to just look for that rest he has for me. And let me tell you something. It is those moments that I grow, but it's also those moments where I find answers that I've been seeking out for so long. God has that for you as well, too. So when we sit and when we rest with God, we are moving forward in this life. As we move forward in this life, you know, when you look in the book of Genesis, you'll see God even declared that he rests on the seventh day. I mean, it was there since the beginning. He didn't say, I was tired. <laughs> he didn't say, okay, I'm all done with all it and I'm just not going to work anymore. He understood that the whole process is for us to get, he needed rest. We all need to get rest as well too. So again, moving forward means getting some time to sit down and rest with God. And by the way, when we do that, did you know it creates intimacy with him? That you're creating intimacy with God? You know, there are many times my wife and I, we're just home. By the way, I want to share something with you. This is kind of cool. She's scared right now. We just took the TV out of our living room, okay? You're like, oh, what's the big deal? Trust me, we have four kids, and that TV was always on. And we're like, let's take it out of the living room. No more TV in our living room, and it's in our room now. <laughs> here's the thing, though. It's movie nights all the time, so <laughs> here's the thing. I say that in a joking way, but check this out. We did remove the TV for purposes. You know, obviously, we want to make sure we have priority with our kids, but the last couple of weeks, even this morning, my wife said, look at all the kids playing right now because of no TV. The interaction, the time together. There are many times where my wife and I will sit down on the couch, and I just put my arm around her. I'm grabbing her hand. I'm messing with her. But it creates an intimacy between her and I. How good is that for our relationship? It is amazing. Because of the relationship that we are building together. We talk about life. We've talked about our past regrets. We talk about, hey, remember when we used to dream about all this stuff? We talk about our future when we get old one day, you know, and our grandchildren. We are just having so many conversations with each other. And at that moment, while we're sitting and resting and talking with each other, we're moving forward in our life. We're talking about what's to come, what God's going to do, what God has been doing. When you have that moment with God, you're doing the exact same thing. You're having an intimacy with God. You're talking with God. God got his arm around you. God's saying, don't forget I'm your child, and I know about that need you had. Don't forget that. Yes, I understand you have a, you're looking for a new job, but I placed you in this position for a certain reason. There's someone you need to talk to real quick. Once that happens, we'll talk, and we'll go forward. Don't forget where I can take you is what God says. It creates an intimate time with God. And let me tell you something. When you're intimate with God, you're not intimidated by anybody around us that tries to throw fear or scare us. That's moving forward. That's going forward. And what I want to do is I want to just share a few ways to sit and rest with God. Is that okay? Can I share a few ways to sit and rest with God? 
Trust me. This is one of my favorite things I love doing is sitting and resting with God. It's worship. It is worship and when we do that. But the first way, and I'm going to say it like this, make sure this is a daily thing because God wants growth in us, all right? The first thing is to sit uh, and rest with God. The first way we can do it is through his word. His word was given to us, especially for a time of today, especially when there's a world that's very hostile to God. God gave us his word, and he wants us to sit down with him. First Timothy, or 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says that all scripture, and that's his word, is God-breathed, okay, and is useful in teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God, and that's you, and that's me, that's all of us, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Do you hear the priority in that? Let's say it, I'll say it again, all right? So that the man of God, that's us, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. When we sit down and we rest in his word, he's getting us ready for the work of the kingdom of God. But we need to first sit and rest with his word so he can give us direction, so he can build character, so he can show us the way to do it, however that looks in our worlds. When life really suffocates us, his word gives us breath, the Bible says. It is the breath of life. The same breath that was in the nostrils of of Adam is the same breath that speaks through us into our lives when we feel a little suffocated. God will release that. The second one is this. We can honestly sit and rest with God and grow in God through the Holy Spirit. Think about it for a second. Through the Holy Spirit. You know, when I, when I think about the Holy Spirit, I think about his presence. There is a difference between sitting down in his presence and actually sitting down and reading his word. They really are two different experiences. I have a, um, a mentor of mine. I was just actually with him last night, and he a couple of weeks ago, he shared some things with me, actually just new insight. And he was saying, you know, Jesse, when you have an issue in life, when you face thing in life, sometimes a lot of people just go straight to the word and read what they have to do. And he's like, and there's nothing wrong with that. Rightfully so. He goes, but there are times where God's saying, don't go to my word. Come to me. Sit down. I'm going to speak some revelation. I'm going to give you something brand new today right now for this unique issue that you're facing. And I practice that. I practice that. I mean, I was, again, confession, a couple weeks ago, I'm going through some issues, and I'm like, man, I have to, God, and I went to God about it, and I heard the Spirit of God. As much as I wanted just to read the Word and just kind of get lost in the Word and, you know, gain some knowledge, which is great, I really just needed daddy and son time. I just needed a dad to hold me. That was it. And I remember driving, and God said, I need you to go to State Park, and I went to State Park. Because, again, he knows how I like scenarios. I love water. And I'm like, okay, we're not going to Lake Mackintyre. We're going to Lake Michigan. This must be a big issue, God. Like, there's a lot of water out there. <laughs> but I remember just being right at the, at the pier, you know. I was there, and I said, okay, God, I'm here. You know, what do you want? And nobody's around. It's just me and God. And he had said, don't forget that I am your dad that I will make all things new. Then he started downloading this thing. Again, I'm in his presence. And as he's downloading these things in my life, I realized that's where I missed it. That's what I needed to do. And it was kind of like 
go, go now. Go home and go do what you have to do. And I'm running down the pier. I'm like, yeah, you know, you know how long that pier is, right? Halfway, I'm like, oh, I'll walk the rest of the way. <laughs> but it stirred something inside of me where God just made it happen. And from there on out, it's been heaven. It's been awesome on earth because of the time I had with God through the Holy Spirit, his presence. And then and when I, I remember just you know, a couple of days later, God really showed me, he had said this to me. He's like, did you know that's no difference when people run to the altar? It is no difference when people run to me for the very first time. He goes, I just made you run farther. You know, it's good for your physical health. But, but he, here's the thing. It's, it was an altar for me that God created in the way I liked it. I spent time in his presence, and he gave me answers. That's how we grow. That's how we move forward in this life. Jesus says in John 14, 26, he said this, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring your remembrance all things that I said to you. Again, those times when we sit with his presence, when we sit in the spirit of God, he reminds us, what he wants us to do through his word, maybe through the teachings that, that Jesus gave us. He reminds us because he is our helper. He is our helper. He wants to lead us by his spirit so we can continue to move forward. All right, so the third one is this. We also can sit and rest through his church. Through his church. And I want you to hear me very closely on this one. I'm going to ask God, give me the right words to say this, okay? Because he's going to talk to you right now. When I say his church, we're talking about you. We're talking about me. We're not talking about the building, okay? His church is his body. His church is his people. And what God wants us to do is advance that. He's, when we spend time together, when I can spend time with Marty and I, with Danny and Dinah, and we're just doing life together, it rejuvenates us and it brings so much rest. And I will never forget the last day of summer that we just had right now. We were cooking and grilling. We weren't talking ministry. We weren't being pastors. We were just being two dudes and a grill and some burgers. Like, that was the best. That was my sit and rest time with them so we can continue to move forward in life together and for the ministry and for, for God's kingdom. That's why we create a unit here. You know, when you look at football terms, Sunday morning is the huddle. The rest of the week is game time. We gather together. We're in the huddle right now. And we're talking and we're strategizing. We're reminding each other what this is about, what we need to do, what we all need to do Monday morning when we get to work, attitude adjustments, certain people, whatever we need to do. This is our huddle. And then the rest of the week is game time. Let's go. And then come next Sunday, let's rehuddle. Let's talk for a little bit. Let's get back into what God wants us to do. He's coaching us through this life right now. That's getting rest in his church through one of us. Some of us do small groups. Some of us just connect on a daily basis. I got to give props to Darlene because she has this women's ministry called Iron Sharpens Iron. And they meet, that's right, they meet on a monthly basis and they gather together. And I got invited a couple of times. It is a woman's thing, but they asked me to come and bring a teaching. A couple of times, actually. And, and, and I walk in there, and it's like, wow. Like, can I hang out every month with you guys? There's so much food here. I'll bring a teaching every week or every month, I promise. <laughs> but she creates this atmosphere because what she's doing is she's doing life with these ladies. And these ladies are having a time to sit and rest with each other in the Lord. 
It's created that. His church, when we gather together people, when we come together on a Sunday or, or on, a, on, a, on another day, is what I'm trying to say. No, 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 no. <laughs> when we come together on other days and we come together as a church, we find rest. We find rejuvenation in that. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, I'll close it with, with this scripture. It says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. <laughs> Not giving up meeting together, okay? As some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. We gather together because it is important to gather together. It is part of the process and how God created us to live with each other, to spur, to encourage one another, to pray for one another, to cry with one another, to rejoice with one another, to teach one another. This is why we come and we are the church. And when we, when we advance the church, it only gets better. You know, I, I guess I'm getting tired of the phrase of, man, this world is going down and getting worse every day. Let's look at the cup half full now and say this church is going to be getting bigger and bigger every day so we can reach these people. We have to see what God is doing. We have to see it from a perspective of his lenses, his eyes. And if you're like, I just don't see it, then do this to him and let him pick you up and put him up on your sh his shoulders. Let him show you his perspective of what life's really about. And when you have that church, when you can do that, and when you see that, it's only gonna stir you up in the inside. Find rest with him. Sit down with him. That is probably the most important thing to do. It is great that we serve. It is great that we speak. It is great that we stand up. But before we do so, sit and rest with him. This is encouragement for you. This is encouragement for me that we find that time, church. Because the only way we're going to move forward and keep going forward in this life is by sitting down by resting. Let's go ahead and close our eyes and let's pray. Father, I thank you right now for your word and your wisdom, Father. Your word tells us that if we ask for your wisdom, you are so generous to just give it to us. Lord, I pray for every single one of these people right now, Lord. Speak to them for a second. Talk to them right now. Thank you, Father. You know, typically give an invitation, which I will in a second, but I'm just going to be led by what he wants me to do right now. Maybe you need to run to the altar. Maybe you're that person saying, look, yeah, I'm not applying any of this. I'm not sitting and I'm not resting. I'm just doing and just barely getting by. And God's saying, because I wanted you to sit and rest. And you want a moment of just silence with him. We'll give you a couple of minutes, but on that, with all eyes closed, on the count of three, shoot your hand up. I, I don't, you're seeking rest right now. I need rest, okay? One, two, three, shoot your hand up. Awesome, hands everywhere, amazing. You guys can put your hands down. For the next minute or two, I'm gonna be quiet, and we're just gonna let God speak. 
And if you're the one that didn't raise your hand, hey, just pray for those that are around here because there's a lot of hands that went up. They, they're seeking this rest. For the next few minutes, just listen to what the Spirit of God's going to tell you right now.